how are you guys doing? You have been like up in the Gladstone. I have missed you guys. I know like, we've missed your presence. Yeah, yeah, we really have been up in the Gladstone. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah, it's been really great. Awesome. You've sort of been this this like presence that is there, but isn't there, which is like. <sighs> You know, we're having all these conversations about your work and about you and about food and um, and the residency. And it's like, I, f- I feel like we're connected, but like we haven't physically connected. I know. It's funny. Like, I feel like I already kind of know you yeah. just from like being around, like being in the space and like eating the food and talking to people. Yeah. Totally. Uh, so it's nice to actually get a chance to talk to you because I feel like I've like met you already. Mm-hmm. everything about her she was such a great collaborator she really understood the idea of coming into somebody else's kitchen and uh, collaborating Um, like we're there to support the chef but it's also the person who's willing to kind of play along and it takes the right people to uh, take up sort of a challenge like that Um, and so I've always just then I went to her restaurant and I fell more and more in love with her food uh, and so I've I'd always had her in my mind and yeah. so she sort of had um, whispered that she was like maybe she might have time sometime in the future and I was like anytime anytime <laughs> let's have time together <laughs> time. let's time it up yeah. uh, and so yeah this kind of moment happened so again the double dutch reference it was like i knew i wanted to do chef in residence but i wasn't sure when and then she had this availability and so it's just a leap of faith it was the time to do it Canadian and diasporic black people's food, like authenticity is so huge, right? For sure. Like thinking about all the little like Caribbean joints that are popping up around the city and 
and like rasta pasta in the market, for instance, and what like I guess authenticity means in food and like yeah, you know? and also I think in relation to like our identities as like Canadians who have like multiple ethnic ties to our backgrounds and how to feel like authentic in your yeah ethnic um, or your cultural background yeah is something that we were kind of talking about mm-hmm. um, which I think Suzanne is exploring also in her menu totally and what I guess maybe like so me and Kason were talking and we were saying that like when we first got when we first saw the menu and both of us neither of us are Caribbean like my mom's Ugandan and and like my <laughs> sorry <family. laughs> she can speak for yourself um, and like my dad's um, African American like from Chicago and so our relationship to like um, Jamaican cooking was like but because we've grown up in Toronto and kind of been immersed in Caribbean culture so much like we were looking at the menu and we were kind of like almost testing each other like yeah, like, yeah I know, know what that, that is like, I know that I is yeah like, I know I that, that is like, I know what that is and kind of like comparing each other's blackness in this way and and it's like a really interesting point of like being a diasporic like black and I think especially in Canada um, where there's so much like melange of blackness like there's yeah. so many different um, roots of blackness here yeah. um, that like how do we all find like common connection with right. it's kind of interesting because it, it's um, it can kind of feel like something where can be policing our mm-hmm. understandings yeah. of, mm-hmm. of blackness or, or culture. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though it's actually a way of, of finding ways of connecting. Right. You know, and then and that there's this idea of, um, of being, yeah, of being like, well, I know what that is. And I, I mean, I think probably I have all like felt those moments of like, yeah, yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> oh man, I love doubles. Yeah, yeah, like, I can't tell this, man. Are you seeing it every day? day. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. But it's really funny because it, it's like there's, there's like a certain sense of like, like there's, I think there's like, it's like there's this really fine line of like where it is, it's such a wonderful thing to like connect with other people of the diaspora and and feel like there is a certain sense of understanding mm-hmm. and then and also and then there's that but there's also that other line of, of being like where you don't want to like please what other like if someone doesn't recognize it or connect with it then it doesn't mean like well you're not a part of the club or whatever yeah, um, yeah. and also like keeping our like having a point of connection as black people but then also like celebrating our like differences and like the yeah. like diversity of culture within uh, yeah yeah exactly i think that's kind of one of the most amazing things about the time that we're in right now because i think that there is like a really in some ways and obviously like we kind of all live in like little bubbles but i do feel like there's a certain understanding right now where we are talking about or like black folk are talking about the range of blackness and that there is no one definition way more than I think we've ever seen before and especially I feel like it kind of makes sense coming out of like and I'm speaking right now like specifically to North America because yeah, I think that coming out of the civil rights movement um, there was kind of like this real like um, in some ways like a celebration of blackness where it was like defining yourself around what blackness was, especially in the States, right? Right. So, whether that was, like, through, like, block parties, barbecues, you know, whatever, like, um, like, I'm not, a number of different, music, everything, like, there was these ways of kind of identifying. Yeah, like being, like, in or out. Yeah. Or, you know, various incidents. Yeah. 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 And then, and then, but then I think that that totally, I think what we're seeing now is that that didn't really allow for, um, Mul- like, Mul- lesbian, gay, yeah, queer trans, people, queer yeah, yeah, existence, well, and, like, and having, yeah, like, just, like, a, a, a real range of
dish is the akiturini. It comes with salted cod, pickled onions and blueberries, festival and tomato pasta. Had ackee and salt pork. Man, I've had that too much. <laughs> <laughs> Would like, you? Love and hate. Sometimes I really like it, and other times I'm like, I am not eating that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like a staple. Yeah, it's like that your parents have. Ackee and salt pork is like supposed to be a national like breakfast of Jamaica. Breakfast. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it's actually a breakfast. Okay. Yeah. yeah. When do people cook it? Like, like, what's the? Is it on like any? Because he was just the resident. West Indian person. Like, what? I mean, what is it? Um. So, so people just make it in the morning and yeah. and eat it as a breakfast thing. Basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the yeah, I saltfish. You can have it with festival, which is like fried dumpling, dumpling that yeah. is sweeter. Right. And then. Where people have it with like they call it ground provision, which is like ground provision. Yeah, which is like boiled banana and like yams. Yeah, dumpling with that. So yeah. have you ever made it? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I usually make it for dinner though. I I never really eat it for breakfast. Yeah. I'm so happy you guys got to experience it. Yeah, it was great. I we were just gonna start first sort of talk to you about like you know your thoughts about the menu like how you well how you it's obviously you know really based in memory and uh, you know uh memories of your mother and uh, about cultural diaspora and you know that really comes through in the food and i just want to know if you want to talk about sort of like like where the menu came from yeah yeah um i knew i needed to step into creating something that I, I know so well that's so familiar for me but yet I knew little to no I had little to no experience on actually how to do that and that is actually cooking Jamaican food um you know my mom and my dad both being born in Jamaica both being raised in Jamaica like that's all that they knew that's all that's what they grew up cooking and by the time my sister and I were of age to really understand and watch my parents in the kitchen, it was like, you know, they're inf- we were living in the U.S. and we were influenced by so many things from music to um, the community that we now are surrounded by to um, my mom's memories, my dad's memories, my dad's past and the jobs he's had and the things that my mom was then being exposed to with her job. So, you know, it wasn't just exclusive to being, to eating West Indian traditional dishes. It was now we were eating spaghetti and meat sauce and we were eating um, crab cakes and we were eating um, uh, veal and all these other things that we definitely, they definitely didn't grow up eating and they definitely didn't have access to. Talked earlier um, 
about like, her growing up in the States and then being, um, coming back to Canada and how whenever she comes here, it's like she finds people who have like almost the same story as like she has. Mm-hmm. Um, the immigra- immigration from Jamaica to maybe London to the States and then to Canada is like almost the same kind of story as maybe any other Caribbean person. Um, so I just felt like my work, I feel like my photography is my authentic voice, but like it really works well with her story and her memory and just everything. Um, yeah. Is this work part of like a series? It is. Um, a mix. So, I mean, most of the work was shot here, like, Little Jamaica area. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to combine, like, Little Jamaica and Jamaica and kind of contrast the two. Yeah, um, yeah. When I first started shooting the series, like, I first had photos in Jamaica. I was like, oh, man, I need to go back. I need yeah. to shoot more. But then I was like, okay, I need to find a way to do this here. Because there is such a huge, like, Caribbean community in Toronto as well. So I'm like, okay. I shoot here, contrast the two, and you know, make that my story because I was born here. Yeah. Um, but your parents are from Jamaica. My parents are from Jamaica. Okay. So um, I went there. Growing up, I was there like almost every year. And as I got older, it kind of slowed down. Um, but yeah, I was like, okay, I'm gonna figure out a way to do this here. Um, I feel like that story needed to be tell- told. Um, Mm-hmm. I was born here, and as much as I identify with, you know, being Jamaican, like everything I know is like, I feel like I would have the same stories as my cousins who were born and raised there and are still living there, even though I was brought up here. Let me hear you say T dot O. Looking for someone to search with their flashlights, checking in my dashboard. Or looking for the heat stashed under the sea. But I'm a rude boy, plus everything is legit. Work too damn hard for my things. They must have never heard 99 problems. Or understand that every rude boy is a king. So we watch no face and just play along. Everything I own is linked to the nerd. Them niggas think they have me shook, but they dead wrong. Them pigs, decks, cardio, have a little bit of pain. They ain't find nothing, so they screw face. Plus, I never ever once lost my cool. No it's just the story of an everyday black man. Give thanks that the beast never pulled out their tools. using the things that are around you. Mm-hmm. So, like, for instance, when you were saying, like, well, I wanted to go back to Jamaica because, like, for, I think th- that can feel authentic, right? Yeah. Like, to shoot photography in Jamaica yeah, about yeah. a black experience can feel like that's capturing an authenticity or, like, an experience or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we always, like, it's hard to realize that what's going on around you is as authentic as the thing totally. that you were, that it is referencing in whatever way, you know? And that's yeah. what's so cool about your work, yeah. is like that contrast is like... It's like, but it's, yeah. con- it's, like content- it's like canonizing, so- like we never realize you're like in the time you're in, mm-hmm. or like until it's over, until it's over yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, And like, so that's why I feel like it's really cool, mm-hmm. is that you can, people can easily sort of like dismiss, you know, wanting to shoot Little Jamaica or something yeah. like that or like wanting to shoot like I mean like especially Caravana in Canada like no one's trying to preserve these. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's that's something that it that I always not forget but I but that it's that I think is really important. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah it feels like 
with your work. Like I feel there's really um, that there, yeah, that there's like equal footing in terms of looking at Little Jamaica. Like mm-hmm. your your vision is equally looking at Little Jamaica as the same as looking at Jamaica, mm-hmm. and, that, and that that those more like that the way that you look at them. Is by being shaped and formed by both of them, like mm-hmm. by both those experiences, mm-hmm. um, and that that like and that's something that I, I I think I don't think we see a lot. Of like I don't think we see we I, we don't see a lot of Jamaican Canadian yeah. women photographing yeah. environments, and that's huge. Yeah. Um, and that it's really and it isn't and, and like I. I don't think it's really, I don't think that a, a lot of artists create consciously with thinking of who the work is for, mm. or maybe that it's for, for yourself, but it's really, it feels like I see your work and I think this is for people of color, right. and that this is really, an, that you are observing and you are immersed in a culture, and that, that feels like what I respond to. I just don't understand it. I don't know how to talk to you. Screech is um, very similar to Jamaican rum. Oh, and, um, that's really interesting. Uh-huh. And um, I don't know if it's Aki and Saltfish 
because it's salt cod that's in yeah. saltfish. That's exactly. what saltfish is, right? Mm-hmm. And so salt cod is a huge staple in, in Newfoundland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, there's like um, bully beef and rice is really similar to um, like there's spam and yeah. and cabbage and stuff like that that is made in Newfoundland. So there's a lot of like very like strange similarities. Yeah. I mean, that would make sense considering, like, migration patterns as well. And, like, that kind of cross-cultural conversation. Mm-hmm. Somebody told me something about um, trade. That there was trade between the West Indies and Newfoundland. And yeah. Stuff. One of my, like, weirdest full-circle moments in my family history is that oh my, my dad's family is from Barbados and my grandmother's family from Nova Scotia uh-huh. ran rum to from get, Barbados. To Nova Scotia, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like this weird yeah. <laughs> meant to be foreshadowing or something. <laughs> Little do they know when they were like passing off cases of rum to each other, they're like, <laughs> Little Madeline Beckles down <laughs> the line. Exactly. <laughs> we were talking before about fusion and this idea mm. of fusion. Mm. Um, and sort of like, I remember like in the early 2000, maybe, like, Fusion in Toronto seemed like it was this, like, big thing, mm-hmm. and, like, Fuse Eye on, like, there was just, like, just, like, Fusion restaurants, like, yeah. like Fuse Eye on, yeah, that's where there's, like, a, you know, like, people just, like, really trying to, like, hype Fusion, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking of Fusion um, as this, like, awful thing, mm-hmm. being, like, Fusion sucks, like, I don't want fucking Fusion, I just want one thing, I want another fucking thing, like, that's yeah. it. And, and now I feel like food food trends in Toronto right now are not necessarily fusion, but they're taking, as you were saying before, it's like taking techniques maybe from one cultural or like culinary place and using it with another cultural or culinary place. Yeah. And then, and <laughs> fusing, <laughs> fusing the culture. Yeah. But I hesitated to say it because I was like, I, fusion to me sounds so whack. Like I don't, mm. I hate fusion, and I don't want, yeah. I don't want fusion food. And well, so it's like just, that being a like selling point, I think, yeah. is like the thing that like. Or yeah, explicitly naming like it's right. this and this. Mm-hmm. It's like you talk about authenticity again. It's like well, you don't really have to say it. Like you don't have like. Yeah, it can just be a blend. Just be. Yeah. yeah. It seems like sometimes I, I feel like fusion is like the closest to. An authentic experience that kind of dominant culture can handle, mm-hmm. which is the thing that's so annoying. It's not like you couldn't actually go and get real dim sum, or you couldn't really go to, yeah. you know, like an authentic, authentic, like Jamaican restaurant, but you could handle a fusion place that might yeah. have jerk wings, or, yeah. you know, whatever, like that there's like something about it that feels like it's like. You feel like you want to, you want, you want the like, you want the beach vacation, you want the all inclusive, but you want to feel like you've actually been there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the thing that I think that we're all like yeah. repulsed by in terms of fusion, mm-hmm. because it's not like, because there's something about it that feels like it's like, yeah, I know, I know this culture. Um, like it's really dependent on who's doing it too, because it's like yeah. who, who's putting, who's fusing, who's doing the fusing. <laughs> Like who's putting these two things together Murder, she wrote. Murder, she wrote. Na na na. Murder. 
you not pay me like is taking the biggest stereotypes okay. and throwing mm -hmm. them together right. yeah. and possibly by people who don't understand the cooking yeah and uh, that so I, that Sorry. was sort of rolling us back into probably the conversation about why I think the chef in residence program is the right thing for us mm -hmm. but um, so I'll just talk around it until yeah. I get to a point. Okay, please, please. <laughs> but it's, uh, so there was a point where um, somebody had wanted to do like, um, like a Toronto-based menu at the Gladstone, and the ideas were like, they were really good ideas, but they were very based on like taking two stereotypes from different cultures in Toronto and throwing them together. Mm -hmm. And there's something about it that really it doesn't work not because the ideas aren't good and those flavors wouldn't be good together but there's something false about it mm -hmm. and I think with having Suzanne here as an artist mm -hmm. and she's delving into food that's from her history um, the ramen bowl came out of uh, a collaboration she had with a Japanese chef mm -hmm. and they came up with the first iteration of it and then Mo coming on board uh, sort of took over that concept of that dish and then put in some of the Persian flavors, so the, mm -hmm. the black garlic and mm -hmm. that. Right. Um, and so now what you have is a collaboration between artists around flavors and location and food and preparation. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you eat it, you're eating the authenticity of the story, not like, whoa, jerk chicken ramen. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like a song. It's in the, you know, it seems like it's like layers of like, you know the trumpet in the mm -hmm. like, you know the vocals and the wind or you know whatever it is as opposed to have you ever listened to that album of Linkin Park and Jay Z which oh, is like yes. a smash up <laughs> where it's like Linkin Park Jay Z rapping over like Linkin Park songs and it's like I can't feel the warmth of the sun. I'm like Pluto, so I open seven chakras, break the seven seals. Bust the dope before poetry rhyme, just like Khalil, Gibran. I bring the dawn to Decepticons instead of the dreaded fist with the spit and red wand. I used to read the Psalms and a holy Quran. Now I only read the birds and the trees. Then I'm gone like a breeze on a summer day. Never run away from the judgment day when Armageddon comes. Say if I had 20 
24 hours to live, here's what I do. I make everybody know G.O.D.'s inside of you. And spread love from Kelowna to Kalamazoo. Cause no matter how many you call, the chosen of you. Like, how did you learn how to cook foods that were of your cultural background, or if you did, or whatever? So I could just watch my mom, because, like, there's always that, oh, Sunday cooking and, like, helping mm. in the kitchen. Um, or there's so many things that I like, but I'm like, hey, I need to learn how to do this. Like, sorrow, mm-hmm. I love making <laughs> sorrow. Like, I just, I love it. Yeah. Um, we're gonna just call and be like, oh, wait, what goes in this again? And like, <laughs> my mom will tell me over the phone or something, you know. I'll make it, but there's so many things that I love that I'm like, hey, I made it a priority to make sure I know how to do it. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's connected to memory, like of like your mom making it for you, or definitely? Um, I know. I remember like growing up, like. When you're a kid, I feel like you're so picky. Like, I feel like I'm still picky. And there, I feel like there's a lot of things that I didn't like. Like, I'm pretty sure I did not like Aki. Or and I feel like it's such an acquired taste, too. But I feel like there's a lot of things I didn't like growing up. And, like, remembering, like you said, um, having to finish, like, every single scrap, like, yeah. Yeah. like growing up. Um, but... I guess getting older, I was just like, okay, like, it was important to me, but, yeah, you yeah. have to appreciate it, exactly. like, <laughs> I remember talking to my dad, well, because my dad is uh, Bayesian, mm-hmm. and my parents are divorced, so mm-hmm. I would go to, like, his mom's house every weekend, mm-hmm. I was always so, like, n- you know, nostalgic and, like, excited by what my grandma was cooking, because I could tell, as a kid, it was, like, rooted in these, like, deep-seated traditions, but, like, my dad or, like, my grandparents weren't excited by it. It's just, like, what they know. And recently, I was like, Grandma, like, how do you make rice and peas? And she was kind of like, rice and peas. You know, like, yeah, it's like, I'm, I have this whole novelty aspect and, like, kind of even, like, um, voyeuristic, like, yeah. appreciation of it where it's like just take a can of pigeon peas and put it with rice and raw onion like yeah. you know yeah no totally I I was gonna say that it seemed like yeah cooking and food knowledge is often so passed through like matrilineal like points mm-hmm. right and so what if you for whatever reason if you don't have that connection especially if you're like a black diasporic person uh, in this case woman like the if the line of the ma- of the matriarchy doesn't yeah it doesn't happen through cooking and you don't get that yes. knowledge then like then how do you how do you gain that knowledge mm-hmm. and, and how sure. you know you have to be the like <laughs> granny granny I know instead of being around to just see it of like yeah. oh I know how to do it because I've watched you do it a million times mm-hmm. I asked this like dumb question <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no I which yeah. isn't dumb but it's yeah not, like, it totally yeah. is that thing where like you can see those Disconnects from like the generational transition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That really like I think those are like massive like junction points that can really affect like cultural totally. difference. For sure. We were talking about this a bit earlier. Like, how do you like keep those things alive? And like, how do you like choose what is important to like pass down and keep going? And yep. what traditions do you want to preserve? And like, how do you preserve? It's like really difficult. Like memory, yeah. Because I, I've always like hated fish when I was a kid. I was super picky. I didn't like anything that was green. I didn't like fish. I didn't like da da da. <laughs> and my parents divorced when I was really young, four months. And my, and I visit my dad, and he would make me like oyster stew. Right, like I for kids, mm-hmm. I don't think you could kind of imagine something <laughs> more like yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So it was like oyster stew with fufu, and I couldn't wait for it. Like I really, yeah. And I can't tell wow. if it was like that. I just like loved spending time with my dad. 
Mm-hmm. And then I just like got over my ish, but like, mm-hmm. um, and like, I, yeah, I've, I've spent like, you know, a lifetime trying to like make this oyster stew the way that he made it. I've never been able to like really? master it. <laughs> I can still remember when it was just me and you. Suddenly, it turned you and your crew. Forget everything about your boo. Oh boy. I wish you woulda treat me like your clock. I woulda love it if you keep me funk cock. I wish you woulda treat me like your yacht. Keep me wet while the waves in my rock. Why you can't stay up on me like the corner? And keep your lips on me like your marijuana. I would I love it if you treat me like the club. Stay up in on me whole night, just a bump and grind and rock. You don't understand what your woman needs from her man. While you're deep on the streets all the time, just bear this in mind, boy. These streets don't love you like I do. You need to know that you wanna keep. You should have the woman up boots like your Tim's. Need the act older than the size of your rims. I wish you would have stay up on me like your phone, man. And never leave the house without me like your poor man. Why, I wish you would have treat me like your whips. Your girls are perfect ten, but your bins them are only a five and a six. You don't. We have these conversations with people, and, you know, a lot of it is certainly food. Are you just really getting the sense that, like, we don't, in our day-to-day lives, like, don't really understand the impact of food in, in, our, in our culture, mm-hmm. right? Like, people, mm-hmm. like, it, you know, you're talking about agriculture, and when we were talking to Mo, it was, like, the kind, like, getting down to the very, like, roots of how it almost, like, chemically mm-hmm. works in your mouth and your body, and, like, they're just, you know, like, and, you know, with Suzanne, it's kind of, like, memory and thought and, and experience, and, like, it's just, it's so fundamental, mm-hmm. you know, but like, and I just, just thinking about how people are talking about it, it being, like, this extremely, yeah, like, fun, mm-hmm. like, yeah, fundamental thing. Yeah. Well, what, something, so you just made me think of something, mm-hmm. um, and that's almost like, in my experience, so I grew up in the 70s, like, born in the late 60s, grew up in the 70s, and food in Toronto at that time was really, um, like the supermarket experience was really generic and food was really getting was re- it was really the height of like a green apple should be green in this size and a tomato should be watery and mm-hmm. <laughs> very large yeah, yeah. and a bit mealy yeah. and uh, my mom actually what like went back to work when I was young and we definitely like she definitely cooked for us and tried to cook I'm sure no shade on my mind yeah, yeah. <laughs> worked hard uh, but it wasn't um, she wasn't cooking like her cultural right. food mm-hmm. and sometimes when I hear people talking about like that yeah and then my mother my grandmother and mm-hmm. I was really connected I'm like jealous of that because I did not have that totally, yeah. and so for me it was like it's more the discovery later like my own discovery like being like in my 20s and becoming vegetarian and being getting really political about food and looking after myself better than I did in high school (laughs) um and that became a discovery or like sherry opening me up to like actual farm food but my friends who did have that strong strong connection and when they talk about it it's like that's awesome yeah it wasn't I don't relate to it so it's very um I really, I find, I love it. I find it really fascinating, and I do think that that those those people who got to cook with generations, parents, and whatever, it's very, um, it's so strong. And I feel like whenever I hear like the oldies, it reminds me of my mom because like she'll have her little stories. Like, oh, she used to go to dance. Yeah, like yeah. bash this bashman in the face. Yeah, <laughs> 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 talking about oh she was in a dance competition and like. 
she she won, and then she had another one, and then this girl from Kingston beat her. Oh, I know whenever I smell breadfruit, really, it always reminds me of like yeah, of Jamaica or yeah, because I feel like I'm always smelling that smell yeah. here. There's always somebody roasting a breadfruit or something. Right. So whenever I smell that here, I'm like, <laughs> no, totally. think of the menu like have you imagined them coming or uh, being able to experience it yeah you know I've been thinking a lot about that you know opening night my my mom's sister my aunt Hillgate she came and um, a lot of my cousins came as well my dad wasn't able to come he's in he's in Florida um, but he's I'm hoping he'll come before the end of the summer before we're done um I think she'd be really proud. I think she'd probably be mad at me that I found some of these photos of her. (laughs) 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 She'd be like, what are you doing with these photos? Um, And where are they? And they better get back to me in my hands. And I'm like, they're safe. You're good. (laughs) But I think she would be, um, I think she'd be kind of like, why do you have tripe on the menu? That is crazy. White people are not going to eat tripe. I'm like, just relax. They are. (laughs) They, you know, like you'd be surprised. Like people love food and they're not scared of food when it's comes with from such a a pure and honest place and you know when it's really well crafted and it's it's just served up in the in the right environment the right space at the right time and all the things align um i think she would be um she would be really proud of me
Jumping on these like cane thing, cane. You're so good. Well, so good. well, but I just I because you were doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you I know, it. and then I saw her. And you got me. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's what we're doing. <laughs> but I think about food and 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 cooking and culture as all, all this thing where you, like I learn like it's it's learning and it's it's this moment where you it's almost I feel like it's almost secret door trap doors like we just I ate the the wonderful pickles pig, pig feet mm-hmm. and and there, that was one level of the experience and then I because you're sitting beside me um, I saw you were chewing on the sugar cane and then I had like another like trap door into that experience you know mm-hmm. and so like it brings me back to this idea of again like who is it for right yeah. you know you have to eat that dish you know you have to know that like you can chew on the sugar cane and that's a part of the dish but like you could also just eat the pig's feet and have a completely fine experience you know mm-hmm. it's so yeah. layered and so rich in that way I don't know I mean this is why this experience is so like I mean to quote a Spike Lee movie <laughs> but like you know there's brothers on the wall like it's great to like, be in a restaurant with like black food yeah. blackness like on the wall like everything just like feeling completely at home mm-hmm. you know? and especially like in restaurant experiences I think like sometimes it can be really like alienating or isolating as like a person of color and it's just feel like so at home in like, a dining setting it's like so nice you know I think that that particular dish for me is so it is it's, it's such a true tribute to the to just Africa African people black people because of of all of the elements that are, are, are on that plate the pig's feet you know representing this this down rotten food that was throw was a throw 
throwaway food that no one wants to eat. It was to give, be given to the slaves, put it out there. It's a slop. And to elevate that, to cook that down in the root of turmeric that's rich in that yellow color, that, that tone, and then to flavor it with all these other amazing aromatics that activated charcoal, the skin of our people that represents us, our struggle, our tar colored skin to our light colored skin to our brown colored skin to our caramel colored skin to our white colored skin. We're represented in all of that. We are actively working together to then to suck on this charred sugar cane that we've that we've come to hate and love because of how hard you work for something so little. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to ever crack open and peel away at sugarcane. It is the most, some, it, it can be the most difficult thing to do, but mm. what the, the little sweetness that you get from it is so special and it's so big and it's so, so sweet. That joy that sweet joy that you get from that whole experience is what I, I, I felt was so real in putting that food on that plate mm-hmm. and telling the story behind it because people don't know those stories. People won't know those stories. And if you're Jamaican, you may have had it before. If you're Black American, you may have had it before. If you, you know depending on who and, and what you've been exposed to and where you've traveled to and, and who you who you die who you eat with but after having that dish and learning about the dish I want people to walk away and really understand and take away that there is so much beauty and in, 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 in flavor and the power of that plate and the message behind that plate and the message behind anything that I put on a plate is is that's my commitment as a chef, as an artist, as a creator, as a woman, as a black woman. That is like my shit every single day I strive for. Oh, pirates, yes, they are mine. Stole I from the merchant ship Minutes after they took I From the bottomless pit But my hand was made strong By the hand of the Almighty Before in this generation Yeah. 
If they could stop this fruit, they would pop this root, chop this root, treat us like we prostitutes, not this youth. See me in my cocky suit, God's recruit from foreign, even God's salute. Tried with truth, jack people can't be mute. Champ my youth to Babylon, can't regroup, say. To Babylon, can't regroup, say. To Babylon, can't regroup. Emancipate yourself from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our minds. Have no fear for atomic energy Cause none of them can stop the time How long shall they kill our prophets While we stand aside and know Some say it's just a part of it We've got to fulfill the bone song of freedom is all I ever had redemption song redemption song redemption song again redemption